Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. I'm going to be talking about the impossible God. The impossible God. And I'll tell you, going through this message, there's a couple things that just stood out to me that's kind of been impossible. Uh, Jared said he likes to preach, you know, in, in order in the Bible and things and go down that list, and that's a great, wonderful thing to do. And so I kind of struggled with, is he going to want me to, to jump in where he left off or, you know, just go topical or whatever the Lord laid upon my heart? And I told him I would do whatever he, you know, asked me to do, being the pastor, I'd submit to, you know, whatever he asked me to do. Uh, but I also want to go under the leadership of the Lord. When I send him the text message that I give, I was two <laughs> verses off of where he led off. And that's just impossible, you know? And he said, can you just back up a couple verses and go over those? And then if you look at the text where he left off, he might want to revisit it because this is like, you know, one of the climatic parts of the Bible and things that we're going to be talking about here this morning. This thing we're going to be talking about is it's impossible, you know? Our God that we serve is an impossible God, amen? amen? And so we are going to be in Matthew chapter 14. If you'll turn there with me, we're going to be starting in verse 22. And if you would stand with me in the honor of reading God's Word, I'm going to read this down to verse 33. Starting in Matthew 14, verse 22. I got my small Bible here this morning, so hopefully you can stay with me. Hope I can read it here. It says, "In straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before them into the other side. And while he sent the multitude away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship that now was in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, from the wind, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25, it says, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee, unto the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to seek, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherewith did thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Verse 33 finally says, Then they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Let us go to prayer. 
Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, it is the day that you have made, Lord, and we've been rejoicing in it. Lord, and I see so many people just glad in you. Lord, the songs we sing, though, Father, talk about troubles and good times and all these other things that we do endure here on this earth. Father, there's a lot of times that we are afraid. Afraid for our loved ones, for their safety, for their health. We're just afraid that we might mess things up or not trust you or even doubt as Peter did here. Father, we know that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You're always with us, guiding us. Lord, so we give you that praise, Lord, that you so deserve. We know we're just humble servants of you. And Lord, as I said, I'm just so glad this church is here standing and being the lighthouse for this community. And so glad to be able to meet fellow believers. Father, help us this day as we read this text. Lord, help us to apply it to our lives and hearts. We ask these things in your name. And all people said, Amen. Amen. So we serve this impossible God. And here we come across this text here in Matthew that Jesus is walking on the water, right? How crazy is that? And here we are in the New Testament, though. It shouldn't be too crazy if, if we believe the Word of God and the things that He said. You know, all these prophecies, all the stuff that has come and fulfilled, right? We see the virgin birth, right? We see all these little things that have happened. And that's what makes us Christians and believers of God's work, amen? Because all these impossible things that have happened. I had a, a chart one time that showed 100 prophecies fulfilled. And it gave the Old Testament and it gave the New Testament um, the way it was prophesied and the way it was fulfilled. A hundred different things. And that's not all of them, you know? But Jesus, God, is just perfect like that. He is our impossible God. Amen? Amen. There's a couple things I want to point out in this text to you. But as I start, I want to tell you just a little bit about um, a man that came. This is a true story that happened up north. And a man that came from uh, another country to be a missionary here at a small church up north. And I don't know if you've had any missionaries coming here. We've had some in the past and different things. You know, you kind of get things ready and, and you wonder if they're going to be inspiring to us or if you're going to be inspiring to them. But this little church had this missionary come in, this little man. And uh, as he came in, the pastor began to think of the things that he would try to to teach and to help him with, but something happened crazy that he wasn't expecting. He picked him up at the airport and they started heading back uh, to the church. And this little missionary preacher man says, right away, he says, uh, trying to get to know him a little bit, and he says, are you a water walker? He says, excuse me? He says, you know, we're going to go back to church here. We're going to do these things. He says, but I got something to tell you. He says, I'm a water walker, and I just want to know if you're going to be a water walker uh, for Jesus as well, or what what your purpose of this week visit is, you know? Because a lot of us, let's be honest, we can come to church, we can come just as we are, we can seem just as I am, and we can leave just as we were. Amen. But something has to change in our lives. That's right. Something has to change not only for our own benefit, but for others around us that we come and encounter with all the time. Yeah. And this story here that we just read, this text, obviously changed things for all eternity. You know, 
Jesus came walking on the water. That's impossible. So this little preacher man says uh, to the pastor of this church, he says, I prayed one time, and I asked the Lord to do something every day. He said, oh yeah, what's that? What, what did you pray and ask the Lord? He said, I prayed every day that the Lord would give me at least one soul to, save, to be saved. He said, not that I would do the saving, not that I'm anybody's, and, but I just asked. He said, and I asked that the Lord would give me someone every day, and he says, for the last two years, he said, the Lord has answered that prayer. Amen. And here's a pastor of a small church, not expecting anything big to happen that day, but this whole week, you know, entertained this missionary. And he says, let me get this straight. He says, you're telling me for the last two years, You've led at least one person to the Lord every day. He said, at least one. So being carnal, he says, okay, so what if one day you have the chance of two or three in one day? Would that count or cut carried over the next day? You know, I said, would that count? And he says, no, every day, at least one every day. And he says, not only that, he says, I prayed and asked the Lord again this morning, and he says, I haven't came in contact with anyone today. And he says, but I'm looking for that person. Pastor thought to himself, that's impossible. Uh-huh. And so they pulled over for a gas. He says, he says, up there's a gas station. We're going to pull over and get some gas. He says, maybe that person will be at that gas station. He says, I'm praying maybe the Lord will be you know, the Lord will lead us there. They pull over to the gas station. The pastor kept a little scared and nervous. You know, he's looking around. He says, how's it going to happen? What's, what's going to go on? He says, I'm just going to get some gas. And he says, you, you go ahead and I'll, I'll pump some gas. And uh, so the little pastor, the little preacher goes into the gas station. He pumps the gas and goes inside. And as they begin to pay for the gas, the man behind the counter is standing there waiting to, for them to pay. And the preacher little missionary preacher. He says, sir, he says, let me ask you a question. He said, if Jesus was to come back today, would you know for a certain that you're saved and going to hell, heaven? And that pastor looked over him and this guy is a truck. You know? <laughs> what happened to how you doing? How's the weather? You know? And there's a song, I think Casting Crown says, you know, the song says, uh, Ago, talks about you know if I only just get around to talking about these little things to the weather and you know I'm never going to get to that point you know talking to the meat of the matter right you know what what if we just talk about these little things you know and we never get to that point right. but that little preacher that day asked the man behind the counter sir if you're to die today do you know for sure that you would go to heaven he says the man reached down below the counter. You know, oh boy, here we go. Pulled out a big Bible. <laughs> set it on the counter. And he said, I've worked here for years and nobody's ever asked me that question. He says, I know for sure that I am saved. And he says, I teach a Sunday school class every Sunday morning. And he said, I know for sure. Thank you for asking. Nobody has ever asked me. I've never met anybody like you, he says. And he says, but I'm, I'm saved. Amen. And the pastor thought, well, I guess that wasn't the one. 
said, I can't explain to you what happened. He said, we was there. He said, I didn't hear a noise. They said, all of a sudden, some lady was standing behind us. And she said, well, I'm glad that he knows where he's going because if I was to die, I don't know where I was going. And they turned around, and that little preacher said, right place, wrong person. And she's standing there with a gallon of milk, puts the milk down on the floor and says, would you pray with me or show me how I could be saved? And so he knelt down with her. He said, now use that Bible. Took that Bible, knelt down with that lady, began to show her some scriptures, began to pray with her. And about that time, two guys came walking into the gas station and said, is this a stick-up? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I wish I could have thought of it this fast. But he said, that preacher said, yeah, we're robbing the devil. Today, you know? <laughs> and he said, what's going on? And he said, you know how women can be. He said, well, this man, he came in, he asked this guy behind the counter if he'd ever been saved. You know, they don't have to give all these details. He said, he said he is saved and he's going to heaven, but I told him that I wasn't saved and I wasn't sure. So he got his Bible and he's leading me to prayer and uh, show me the scriptures so I can be saved. And uh, they said, you won't believe this. He said, we've never been to church in our lives. He said, but that's all we've talked about the last half hour coming into this gas station. And he said, can you show us as well? That little preacher man, that day led three people in a gas station. All because he asked the Lord. Amen. That's impossible, we think, we say. But when we read this text, we just glance over it. Oh, yeah, Jesus, he walked on the water, you know. Like that's every day. That's something we, we just read and, and different things. Can I point out to you, a lot of us are familiar with this story. A lot of us have heard this story growing up. And for most of us growing up, uh, maybe we've seen this illustration on one of those flannel graphs in Sunday school or VBS, right? And what did we always see in picture this story of Jesus walking on the water, right? It was a flannel graph, and you have the little sticky things up there, right? And you have Jesus, and he's walking on the water. And in our minds, right, we've always pictured Jesus walking on the water, to me anyway, during the day. Right? It's daylight. Jesus is out there walking on the water. But what does the Scripture say? Verse 24, it says, And the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, and the wind was contrary. Verse 25, it says, And in the fourth watch of the night. That's the hours between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It wasn't very bright out at 3 to 6 a.m., right? Here in the darkness, not during the daylight, but in the darkness, they see Jesus walking on the water. That's impossible. That's not a good time to go water walking. Amen? <laughs> also, if we back up, as I just read there in 24, I've always pictured that the calm, that the the water being calm. Have you ever seen the pictures? Jesus always walking on the calm water. But what does 24 say? That the waves was tossed to and fro and was very contrary. The conditions were not right for a water walk, right? Whew. Sometimes the conditions in our life are not right for us, not appropriate for us, not the right time, right, for us. But if we ask God, 
people give us opportunities, and maybe it'll be here, maybe it'll be there. But the question is, have you asked God to do the impossible in your life? Or just as we read through his text sometimes, do we just try to go through it as mundane and not really see what's really going on here? Because if we don't ask, if we don't look, we don't see these things as they are, as they're written, don't be surprised if you do not see something impossible in your life. Amen? I just witnessed this week, just this week, my uh, Uncle Paul, the uh, more like a brother to me growing up. He was the youngest in my mom's family, so he's only like 18 years older than me. And man, we hung out so many times going to the auctions and going to buy cars and doing all these fun things together. And we ate good and we, you know, just had a great time together. And he went to the doctor's office for just a simple surgery and infection spread and, you know, how things can just blow out of proportion really quick. They called in the family around 4th of July, you know, and they thought I was going to lose it. I've been in this situation before. People want you to pray and, and, and see all these miracles and things happen. And, and you try to stay positive because this time they sedated him and everything else. But, you know, just here recently... I got a chance to talk to him, and I knew he could hear me, so I tried to stay positive and everything, because I believe, you know, God, God knows the number of our days and the hairs on our heads, I didn't want to limit God. A couple days later, um, I called my aunt to see how he was, said, here he is on the phone, and I got to talk to him, he was awake, and everything else. Praise God. And I thought, man, that's impossible. Here's this, he was a bouncer out in Washington, you know. Always been the strongest guy I know. One of the first memories I've ever known of him was his daughter was 16, dating a boy who was 21. I was sitting on the front porch when he showed up, tried to scare that boy away, and that boy said, "What are you going to do about it?" He picked that kid out of that car, one-handed, threw him on the roof of the car, said, "I can stop you from seeing him tomorrow." Yeah. <laughs> and here I thought, man, he's always been the strongest guy I know. He's six foot six, you know, and bouncer and. And here he is coming over this thing, and it's just impossible. We should have lost him. You know? So God showed that to me. And here's going through this text, and I told you it's impossible. The things I, I thought God laid on my heart is just right in line with where Jared was. So the other night, I'm sitting at the Highland Demo. They had a fair over there in Highland going on. And I just always like you know to pray and just ask the Lord, just show me for sure that this is the stuff you want to me to preach on, you know. I don't know how many they hold over there at the fairgrounds, probably three, four thousand people. And I'm sitting there by myself, my buddies are out in the pit, and I don't I just like a backrest and a good view for the show. Three, four thousand people, and this crazy guy sits beside me, and he's talking my ear up. I just want to enjoy the show. I've had a long week, you know, it's been hot, and now it's just a, been a beautiful night the other night we had, and today, and so I'm sitting there, and the guy we're talking, he won't leave me alone. And you know what I realized? He had his hat called Leisure World. If anyone been to the Falto or down in Collinsville, you see these great big workout places called Leisure World. And he says, what do you do? And so I told him, and he said, I, I own this uh, workout place. And he says, oh, I shouldn't say I own it. He says, I manage it. The Lord owns it. Here we go, you know. <laughs> And we begin to talk all night long. He buys me a hot dog and a drink later, you know. He said, anytime you're down there, come. And, well, he's telling me about, you know, how much he reads the Bible three times a day. 
And I thought, I could have sat by three or four thousand people, but I sat by one guy, you know, three, four thousand people around me, nobody's talking about God or the scripture. And to be honest, I wouldn't have even maybe said anything to anybody because the conditions of where I was at, you know, wasn't right. But I sat next to a water walker that night. And it just confirmed my heart. You know, this is what the Lord wanted me to share with you. Verse 27 says, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. This scripture passage here for it is I is the same in the Old Testament as I am. And that is one of the names of God. He is the great I am. You know, you can't even say your name without saying His name. What's your name? Well, I am. My real name is Charles, by the way. And uh, there's so many other Chucks and Charles in my family. I go by my middle name, Leif. And, uh, you know, there's meaning in names. And if you go by Charles, it means the man. So I always tell people, hey, you know, I'm the man. But sometimes I'm, I'm the man that, you know, fails. I'm the man that, uh, you know. But I... Jared asked for an old scripture reference there. We had that one there from Genesis. And it says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? That's an impossible God, right? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. And what happened there was Abraham and Isaac, or sorry, Abraham and Sarah was going to have a child. And you know that child's name? What happened? Sarah says, can I conceive a child at 100 years old? That's impossible, right? But... Here at 100 years old, they had a child, and they named that child Isaac. Do you know the meaning name of the word Isaac? One who laughs. Because what happened when Sarah heard that she was going to have a child? She laughed and, you know, didn't think, that's impossible, right? Those conditions, right, aren't good. Not a good time to go water walking in this, but here it says, it comes to them, it says, it is I, the I am. Be not afraid, right? This is showing God's deity, Jesus' deity. Jesus is all man. He's all God. Mystery of mysteries, right? But here he's saying, this is the great I am here with you. He's overcome the, the things of this world, right? And he's showing who he really is to these disciples. And what happens? Be not afraid. Yeah, okay. You know, you're just walking on the water. But Peter does something radical, right? What does he do? He asks the question, Lord, right? That's right. If it's you, bid me to come out on the water, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Another story I want to share with you is about a lady. A young 16-year-old girl came to a VBS meeting. You know, when I was younger, I got saved at the end of a one-week long revival. And that evangelist that I got saved under was saved under a two-week long revival. And I was saved under a tent revival. You ever seen those lately? Ooh, it's been a while. Yeah? Oh, you remember, yeah. Uh, our association around here, down in Salem, whatever, has a tent. That they, if you guys want to do a festival and stuff, we've done that. We've rented a tent, done things, but... Now, nowadays, we have revivals, maybe a Sunday through Wednesday, Wednesday through Sunday thing, but I would say, thank God they had a week-long revival. 
And the pastor there, the preacher there, uh, talked about hell. He said, I don't care if you love God so much you want to go to heaven, or if you're scared so much to go to hell, you got to get saved, you know. And to me, you know, I'd always heard of the love of God, but I never heard of the consequences. And it's the same God. That same loving God is the same, you know, God of wrath. He is our impossible God. But this little girl this day, 16 years old, came to a, uh, a VBS, and she got saved. And they had a, a speaker that night. And that speaker was an army beret, and he was talking about, you know, missionaries and going to these places. And she came forward, and she said she got saved. At the end of that VBS, she said she felt like um, that she wanted to become a missionary. Now her parents was kind of against it. They let her go to VBS. Has anyone encountered that here in this town? It's okay to send your kids for some cookies, for some Kool-Aid, for some church activities, but don't indoctrinate my kids, right? Don't tell them about this. Don't have them invite me. You know what I mean? Panama has always showed up. The parents have always showed up when we had anything for their children. That's one thing. Our biggest mission was just playing baseball outside, waiting for church to start on Wednesday night sometimes. These kids would ride by, hey, there's a baseball game going on. There's not much going on in Panama a lot of times, right? And they would stop. And then before we know it, hey, we're having this. And we had a lot of kids coming through here at one time. And we have something for them, they would show up. But that night, the parents was okay sending the 16-year-old girl to BBS, but when she got saved, they thought, well, now, wait a minute, you know. I don't know if we want to do this crazy stuff or whatever. And then when she said she wanted to be a missionary, the pastor at that time thought it was great. You know, big army, Green Beret guy, he was strong. He said, oh, she'll, you know, she'll fit great into the kingdom. But then when she said she wanted to be a missionary, even he kind of backed up a little bit. He said, you don't understand. You're, you're a cute little 16-year-old girl. We go to the Malaysian mountains, he says. They got headhunters there. He says, I'm a strong guy. He says, you know, we, we would never send anyone cute like that. You know, he said, you got to be rough and tough to, to do this mission. And she said she prayed all week. And she said, I feel my heart that the Lord is asking me to go. And so they met with the, the pastor met with the parents, and the parents says, I don't know what happened here. She said she's saved, and, and that's all well and good. We want her to go to heaven. But she says, what is this missionary stuff? Why does she feel so strongly in her heart that she has to go? And he says, I don't know. He said, we've tried talking her out of it. You've got to talk her out of it. This is crazy. So he said, I'll try. And he talked to her, and he, she says, I just feel in my heart that the Lord's telling me to go. All week went by, and the pastor couldn't talk her out of it. The parents were mad at him. The parents were mad at the daughter. And uh, comes time for the missions trip. She goes. Goes over there to Malaysia, and uh, he's running the helicopter. They're dropping down supplies and things to the people. And uh, he said, you know, we got to be very careful because when we drop the supplies, They've gotten so good at timing the helicopter and things, they will actually take a rope or whatever and bring down the helicopter and leave all the people on crew of cannibals in Malaysia. He said, your parents have begged you. I'm begging you. You don't have to do this. You're safe. You're going to heaven. But this is crazy. 
I was a Green Beret in the Army who said, I'm scared for myself, but do you know what they're going to do to you if, if something happens? And she says, I'm going to go. She says, I've asked the Lord, and He told me to go. So the helicopter flies above the landing point, and they got to get down low with some of the things to drop her. And he said, she's going to drop down with the supplies. There's a group of people there that have been there, and they're hoping to pick some of them back up if they're not already dead and gone. Uh, but she, she feels like she needs to go and witness to these people. He's crying, and she's dropping down. He says, I'm asking you one more time, please don't go. Do you know what they're going to do to you? She said, I've asked the Lord, I'm going to go. Drops her down with the supplies, and they take off. She said, I'll be back in a week, but you won't be. So the week goes by, he's tossing and turning. Don't know what he's going to tell the parents. Something happens when they return back and everything. Take that helicopter back over. He said, I've never seen this fort in my life. He said, there's that little girl standing in the middle of the field. A group of men, the ones that took down the helicopter, the ones that are cannibals and everything else said, are kneeling down before this little girl. So he said, he dropped he dropped the helicopter and had to find out. He was hoping to rescue her. He didn't know what was they were doing to her. As the helicopter drops, he talks to the girl and says, what is going on? What happened? You're still alive. She said, well, she said, I don't know much about the Bible. But she said, as soon as I landed, all of them fell down and started worshiping me. She said, they've been to cannibalism and everything for all these years, but they said there was a town legend that said, one day an angel will come from heaven and lead them to the Lord. She said, every time you guys was dropping men down, strong men, they was killing them and eating them. But she said, when I came down, I was a girl. And I fulfilled their legend. Amen. <laughs> he said, I've led all these to the Lord. She said, for as little as I know, I've just learned in, in VBS. And you know what he said to her? That is impossible. <laughs> Peter. Ask Jesus, bid me, Lord, come unto thee. And Peter goes on walking on the water. We've heard the story so many times. And the question I have for you this morning is, why, oh, why? How many was in the boat? Right? All the disciples was in the boat fishing all night. They all seen Jesus coming, right? Peter asked the question, Lord, bid me come unto thee. How come there was only one walking on the water? How come all of them didn't have the faith or didn't get out of the boat? How come it was only Peter that night or that morning? You know why? We read here in the context. I only see where Peter asked. Some of you here this morning have been a Christian for a little bit. Some of you have been here for a while. I want to tell you this God of the impossible that we serve. This text we read this morning. We can all do great things. We all want to hear, well done now, good and faithful servant one of these days, right? But our time here on earth is short. Our time is precious. 
We're coming in contact with friends, with family, with strangers we don't even know, in crowds of 5,000 people. I ask that you become a water walker, right? I plead, I pray for you that you would do something impossible. But you know what? I can't do that for you. But you have to get right with God. You have to pray, and you have to ask the Lord yourself. You have to be the one to ask. Because we see in this text this morning, if you want to see something impossible, if you want to be around something impossible, and I'll tell you what, you can do the, the biggest drugs, the biggest alcohol this world has to offer. You can go to the greatest parties, the greatest concerts, all these things, and you'll wake up empty. You'll spend your life empty. And these thrills, the Bible says, these things are good for a while, but it says you come to the point where these things do not satisfy, right? If you become a water walker, you see these things around you. These stories, like I told you about my uncle Paul and meeting this man just the other day. The text here about these impossible, these stories, true things that happen in and around us. You're a part of that? Wow! You know? It changes your life. He wants you to ask Him more and to do more and to spend your life doing something for the Lord instead of sitting back idly and watching other people and other things go by. But I can't ask for you. You have to be the one to ask the Lord, right? right? Peter asked the Lord that day, and you know what? He got out of the boat. The other ones just sat back and watched. As you close your eyes here, we're just going to say a simple prayer as we get ready to sing the last song here. I just really felt this morning like God laid this on my heart, and He lined it up so many different ways. This is called Redeemer Baptist Church, right? There's so many people out there, and they've got burned in church. Maybe you've got burned in church. They don't understand the gospel. They don't understand, uh, you know, Jesus. They don't understand these miracles. They don't understand this impossible, you know, thing that we got going here with God. This is just one thing we're talking about here this morning. There's so many stories and scriptures in the Bible that tell us these things. But as we read and we study and we look at the texts that God has given us for today, I just want you to ponder in your hearts and your mind these things. Maybe you can ask God here this morning to do something different in your life. The things you keep on doing the same things, you're going to keep getting the same results. You know, but to maybe change and do something different. And just to pray as we ponder here, I'm going to turn it over to Sister Terry. She's going to come up and lead us in that last song. And then I'll close this in prayer. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.